Hey, it's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. All you have to do is dial in. And you can take control of the airwaves. The number for you is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Oops, sorry, Bonnie. Try that again. Oh, it's Bonnie. Yeah. Aria de Mezio. <laughs> Aria, you're looking different tonight. Yeah, you weren't supposed to say anything. I'm feeling you look tired. A little more facial <laughs> hey. hair than I'm yes, used to seeing. Yes, yes. Well. put on a few pounds. <laughs> but it's nice to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank uh, well, most people know you as nobody. That's who you usually are. Yes, yes. But being nobody, I can be anybody. This is true. Uh, so you can of course take control of the airways here nobody i thought you might be interested to hear that the oregon drug decriminalization law is now in effect oh nobody cares about that indeed and (laughs) this was to me the biggest deal out of the 2020 election i mean you could put the whole presidential race aside that didn't really matter that much uh, to me, yeah. but well, it's just, like if it was Godzilla versus that other monster, King Kong. Rodan. You know, it's like who cares which one you get? You're screwed either way. Yeah, it's going to destroy. <laughs> Whoever wins will destroy things. Um, and in this case, this is actually going to be good news, and it is good news that the people of Oregon voted in a fairly large margin. I believe it was like fifty nine percent. Uh, voted for drug decriminalization across the board. So not just marijuana. Uh, decrim or legalization mm-hmm. but drug decriminalization of all hard drugs small amounts it's of all hard drugs now i wonder how that affects what if i have an antidepressant that wasn't prescribed to me is that still criminal that's an excellent question uh let me get into the story because here to me ending prescriptions is almost the most important part of ending the war on drugs yeah no <laughs> doubt i mean i i i would be shocked if a prescription drug would put you in a jail cell, whereas methamphetamine won't now. That would uh-huh. shock me. But then again, government is stupid like that sometimes. So Yeah, yeah. It's uh on the one hand I and and it also depends on how the law was written. Is there a separate law to criminalize prescription drugs or mm-hmm. are they criminalized under the same drug uh law that criminalizes the so called recreational drugs that it turns out have uh, in many cases, more and better therapeutic uh, qualities than the uh, than you know the, the stuff put out by big pharma. Right. With the prescription drugs, they're probably just making sure that they get their their cut. Well, that's what it is sure. for everything, I think, because you know if you're if you're on heroin, they'll they'll put you in prison for having heroin. But then, if if you don't want to go to prison, you can get on methadone. Now, methadone withdrawal is harder than heroin withdrawal, so it's not like it's going to wean you off it. It's going to get you more addicted, and the new one that they use is even worse than than methadone. It's called Suboxone, and they say that stuff, it feels like your muscles are being pulled off your bones. Um, Sounds and, horrible. But the thing is, so the only difference between these things is you have to jump through government hoops to get them and the money goes to big pharma instead of going to uh to the uh the little drug cartels it goes to the big gar- drug cartel but carry on carry on Ian. we got so here's the uh, pbs <laughs> story about this it says that uh, police in oregon as of february 1st 
can no longer arrest someone for possession of small amounts of heroin, methamphetamine, LSD, oxycodone, which is mostly a prescription Uh drug, uh, and other hard drugs, as a ballot measure that decriminalized them took effect on Monday. Instead, those found in possession would face a $100 fine or a health assessment that could lead to addiction counseling. Backers of the ballot measure decriminalizing hard drugs, which Oregon voters passed by a wide margin in November, hailed it as a revolutionary move for the United States. And they're absolutely right about that. This is yes. huge. It, it's incredible, and I'm I'm delighted, delighted to hear it. Because we've you been know. saying for years and telling our listeners about, and anyone who will pay attention uh, about what happened in Portugal when they did the same thing, I think close mm-hmm. to 20 years ago now at this point. It's been at least 15 years, mm-hmm. if not two decades, since Portugal did this. And it's a very similar setup that Oregon did. Obviously, it was in- inspired by what they did in Portugal, where if you get caught with some drugs in Portugal, they are going to... Or did I say, yeah. Uh, if you get caught with some drugs in Portugal, they will likely confiscate them. So it's not ideal, but mm-hmm. then they'll like give you a mandatory class that you have to go through. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think that Salem or not Oregon, but Oregon here is better because you have the option to pay the one hundred dollar fine and don't go to the stupid class because you aren't an addict and you don't need to mm-hmm. be lectured to uh, about this. So to actually have yeah. the choice is a, a better option. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I say that as somebody who went to AA. For many years and NA uh, as well, although I, I liked the other one better. Um, AA, uh, you liked better? Yeah, yeah. I, I liked AA. Well, when I when I got uh, sober, it was like I looked around NA and I said, "Okay, I see a lot of people here who have been clean for ten years." And I went to AA and I said, "I see a lot of people here who have been sober for fifty years." Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where I want to get my advice. I gotcha. You know, um, but but the experience we used to see kids who would come in and like their parents caught them with a joint once, mm-hmm. and now they're be like they they're in some treatment center that's making them claim to be an addict, and they're not an addict. No. They got just, caught with a joint just once. Wanted to get high. You know, and it's like, and the the thing is, sometimes those kids actually do eventually develop drug problems, mm-hmm. and they're almost impossible to work with. Well, they have to go be around people that have real drug problems. Yeah, that doesn't ever. Help. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I first time I went through treatment, I felt kind of inadequate. I had to go out and you know make more stories before I could go back. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cassandra Frederick, the executive director of the Drug Policy Alliance, which spearheaded the ballot initiative, said today the first domino of our cruel and inhumane war on drugs has fallen, setting off what we expect to be a cascade of other efforts centering health over criminalization. Okay, I think she missed a bunch of dominoes in there somewhere because drug uh, weed laws were the first things to start falling. And it's yeah, been a, it, that helps. That has been. You know, and they told us the sky was going to fall. Yeah. When we did that, and the sky didn't fall. No. No, but but I get what she's saying here, nobody. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely true that weed is the bulk of the war on drugs, but and it's about mm-hmm. half from what I understand, but the other half is a huge you know amount that affects a lot of people's lives. And up mm-hmm. until Oregon's decriminalization of all hard drugs, there was no movement in any direction towards more decriminal towards any, you know, decriminalization of other drugs with the exception of a couple of uh in just the yeah. last few years some mush- some mushroom decrim. It's the first move on the addictive drugs, basically psychedelics have mm-hmm. had some 
uh, and I'll, I'll lump weed into that broad category. Sure, uh, have have had some movement, but but yeah, she's referring specifically to the uh, to the, the addictive drugs. Then, this yeah. is the first domino in the full war on drugs. I mean, it, yeah, you know, the marijuana was uh, was a test case, and it it showed that there was a path forward. Mm-hmm. It was a slow, brutal difficult path but finally we've seen what close to a dozen states now and and dc especially basically doing full-on legalization of cannabis and of course over 30 i believe 36 or so states have medical marijuana Mm. so i don't want to take away from any of the efforts that those people have been doing but those people a lot of them the advocates for that they would never touch any other drug verbally, right? Like they, they may do them in uh, their spare time or they may support ending the war on drugs. But when testifying mm-hmm. in front of Congress or state representatives or whatever, they would always, you know, eschew, eschew any other mm-hmm. the associations with any other drug decriminalization or legalization just to focus mm-hmm. on marijuana. And it's like, that's not good yeah. enough. It's we not need just well, that was the, the policy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. The people weren't ready to. Well, they weren't ready for harder drugs than marijuana, but. The marijuana laws um, getting taken down or um, marijuana getting marijuana getting decriminalized definitely helped people be ready to think about shrooms next and stuff like that. I know my parents sure. used to say, like, I can't imagine people being stoned and driving. And now they're but they have that happening like all the time. Minute. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. People think that once they legalize the thing, now all of a sudden people are driving on weed when people were driving on weed for decades. <laughs> yeah, it's been going on forever. Uh, 603-283-6160 More about this ballot measure that is now in effect in Oregon Is the place going to burn down due to drug dopers in the streets? This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. The big news uh, this week is that on February 1st, so two days ago, Oregon did finally uh, implement their ballot measure that passed by like nearly 60% back in November. The very first of its kind, and hopefully not the last of its kind, because I suspect all of the numbers that we are going to see in another year once we can finally look at what mm-hmm. has happened after drug decriminalization has been put into place for all hard drugs, apparently, uh, in Oregon, a person caught with something like heroin or methamphetamine or probably prescription medications, because they mention oxycodone here, LSD and other hard drugs, will be they'll either get a $100 fine or a health assessment that could lead to addiction counseling. And I, from what I understand it's up to the uh the person who's receiving the the ticket will they get their drugs taken away from by the police i suspect so that's Hmm. usually how it works i mean i I don't support that happening but that's usually part of this so it's a huge huge step in the right direction we can continue with that discussion coming up here in moments but also i do want to say thank you to ellen who is a free talk live gold amplifier ellen contributes 10 bucks a month to the amp program and that means that she's helping us advertise market and promote free talk live to help free talk live get on more radio stations bring new internet listeners on board with the show and expose new people to the ideas of freedom so if you like what we do here and you want to help free talk live then please do what ellen did and join the amp program now she did 
good gold level, which is 10 bucks a month, we only ask for five. So if you can afford five bucks a month to help us out, we appreciate that. And you get some cool perks. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You can do it with debit card, credit card, PayPal, or Bitcoin BTC. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts here and then more about drug decriminalization. But Mehdi is on the line calling us from Canada. Mehdi, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going, Ian? How's it going, Rich? It's good. I'm glad to hear that they're still letting you guys use the telephone there in Canada. I understand that things are pretty uh, seriously locked down. Is that the case out there? Uh, Yeah, I'm working from home, but things are locked down. I don't know to what extent, to be honest, but it's pretty much you can't go anywhere. Like you can't. It has to be essential travel. You can't visit people unless it's like an older person living by themselves or something like that. There's all these kinds of rules, but... I kind of say to myself anyway, so I'm not sure, to be honest, what all the rules are. We've seen video footage of Canadian police, and I don't know which province it was, but just rolling through neighborhoods at 5 to 10 miles an hour, blaring sirens uh, just to let people know that it is a police state and that they are locking down. This is uh, due to some curfew that has been put into place, and so they're... See, if they're going to do it right, they got to get those speakers to say, an orange-coated curfew is in effect from... (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me if they had that in some places, but in this case, it was just a just a normal cruiser rolling down the street at about 10 miles an hour or slower. So have you seen any of that behavior? Uh, no, because I'm in Ontario. So I th- Ontario doesn't have a curfew, but okay. one of the other uh, provinces, I think it's Quebec, uh, they have a curfew. Okay, And so their premier or whatever, like their, I don't know if you would call it a senator or a governor or whatever, like the boss of the province made that rule upon that province. I see. But the province I'm living on, the boss, which is the premier of our province, didn't make that curfew rule, but he did have the lockdown rule. Do you live in a city? Uh, yes, I do live in a city. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I know that wasn't the reason you called in, but we don't get yeah. Canadian callers very often, so I figured ah. I'd check and see how things were uh, were going for you there. All right, so hey. what, oh. were you, what were you calling yeah, about tonight? Also, well, I was, I was just going to let you know also, there was also um, a guy who was selling barbecue ribs or something like that, and he got arrested. Yeah for selling it in his restaurant. But meanwhile, next door to him, there's a Costco that's selling food and nothing happened to them. Yeah, we followed his, uh, uh, at least part of his case. I don't know if there have been any updates on that guy, but yeah, I think that, I don't know if that was the Toronto area or what, but uh, so what were you calling about tonight, Mehdi? So, okay, so I have a question now. You might be getting this question a lot, or at least your listeners might be interested in. So with the crypto going up in price, I've gotten uh, interested in mining. Okay. And... So my friend mines, and I'm going to be setting up, I'm going to be starting to mine Ethereum. Now, with the uh, Know Your Customer rules with these exchanges, I don't want the Ethereum that I'm mining getting pushed over to one of these hot wallets because then the state will know, what because it's a Know Your Customer, right? So they can always say, hey, exchange, what does this guy put in there? Mm-hmm. My question is, can I, when I mine, can I send it to a cold wallet? Or does it have to go through the internet or whatever first and then from a hot wallet to my cold wallet um you know can we define like like uh, our terms here because we all you have to remember always there are new listeners tuning in that probably have never even you know taken the time to learn about what bitcoin is nobody do you know the difference between a hot and a cold wallet well, in in the context that I know them, which is more running servers that might receive payments, your hot wallet is would be the wallet that you would make payments from mm-hmm. uh, that that would be like automated. So it doesn't have a password on it, 
because a computer program might have to make a, a payment from it, mm-hmm. whereas your cold wallet is where you'd store the bulk of your funds. Cold storage, uh, uh, the vault, if you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah that and would that be... doesn't have to be online. One of the things that's interesting about cryptocurrency is when you pay, you're usually paying to an address, and it doesn't matter whether the wallet that's associated with the like the program that's associated with that address is online or offline. I can I can pay as many times as I want to. If I know your address, nobody to your mm-hmm. cold wallet, I can just pay into that over and over again. And that's ultimately what a miner will do: is you give the mining company or you you set your miner up to pay out to a certain address, and it just sends the payments there. So as I understand it, unless there's some unusual crypto out there that has different rules, and there could be, for the most part, I'm pretty sure you can mine to a cold wallet. And he wants to do this to get around the KYC? KYC stands for Know Your Customer Rules. And so yeah. it sounds like it sounds like what you want to do, Mehdi, is you want to mine to a cold wallet to storage, and you don't yeah. want anyone to know about it. Is that right? You can say that, I guess, okay. or whatever okay. I can say on but radio. No matter what wallet you mine to, there, um, or even if you mine it to one wallet and then send it to another, there's no KYC associated with that. Mm-hmm. If you sent it to an exchange and then liquidated it for dollars or liquidated it for something else, then you might have KYC with mm-hmm. your exchange, but you could send it back and forth between wallets you ended forever, and you'd never have to do KYC on yourself. Or you could yeah. send it to me, and you'd never have to do KYC. Um, Except he's in Canada, so I don't know what you could do with Canadian money. You probably can't help um, him. Well, he would be sending me, uh, sending me... Canadian uh, Ether or uh, Ethereum, which works fine. I would have to send him back right. some money somehow. Are you looking to turn it how. into Canadian dollars ultimately? Is that your plan or what's your plan? Yeah, at the, at, at the end, yeah, at the end game, put it on mm-hmm. to Canadian dollars. So mm-hmm. I was just wondering because I have a Ledger X or whatever, and I just, you know, the address it has like FQJL. Yeah, yeah. That's the tricky like part uh, is going to be taking your Ethereum and then converting it into Canadian dollars. That's where a lot of the know your customer stuff is going to come in because if you use an exchange, they're going to want to know who you are uh, in order to send money out to a bank account or something like that. So you're going to have to do an offline trade if you want to keep it off the books. You're going to have to find a human being uh, yeah. who's willing to give you Canadian dollars. Send it to me. I'll ship you silver. Thank you, Medi, for uh, the call tonight. I do appreciate it. Good luck to you. More coming up. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website, all put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. Talk Live. You can dial in here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We were just talking about uh, cryptocurrency, but we're going to come back to hard drugs. Uh, two of my favorite topics yep. here together tonight. And in the studio... Cryptocurrency and hard drugs. Yep. Two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> <laughs> tonight, you've got Ian... Bonnie. 
And nobody. And uh, you want to join us online, please do head over to freetalklive.com. We were actually just off the air talking about the Matrix chat server where you can get involved with other Free Talk Live listeners there at chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat.freetalklive.com. The Matrix is real. Uh, that gives you the step-by-step instructions on how to get on the Matrix server, and that allows you to then interact on the existing channels that are there, which, by the way, channels can be created by anyone. Uh, nobody, you just created like an interesting bot for your... Ch- uh, you've got your own channel on there I, for I didn't write one. the bot. I just installed it. But, right. Uh, but yeah, I've got a bot now that uh, my Cell 411 uh, development group is now mirrored between uh, the Matrix and Telegram. Mm-hmm. And that's nice because if we get de- deplatformed from Telegram, which we may, I don't know what's going to happen. I, had I a, doubt it. I created a group with two users uh, last night, mm-hmm. and I came back and there were two users and a bot in it, and the bot was named Group. Hmm. And I don't know where the bot came from. Hmm. Um and I'm wondering if they're starting to put a bot in each group to monitor it or something. I don't think they. That's need what to do I that. was thinking. But uh, yeah, I I wish I knew where that bot came from. But anyway, the. Uh, but yeah, you've got uh, you've got a bot that actually copies over the chat rooms from your cell four one one Telegram room and your cell four one one Matrix room. So you're linking yeah. the two different systems together, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So. Uh, that's that's a pretty cool thing. So check the check out the Matrix server. It's over at chat.freetalklive.com. Again, that's the step-by-step instructions to get you in there where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. In fact, there's a way you can call in uh, via the server, and it sounds fantastic when you do that. So we'll look forward to hearing from you. And, of course, you can also call in at 603-283-6160. Uh, so we were just talking about Oregon and the hard drug decriminalization that has gone into effect as of Monday, where if you get caught with methamphetamine, heroin, oxycodone, other hard drugs, then if it's under a certain amount, and they have specified amounts as far as you know what we're talking about here, it's different for each drug, but if it's under a certain amount, then you will not be going to jail. In fact, you won't even be arrested. You'll be given a ticket. Mm-hmm. And then you can either pay $100, which I would not recommend you do. Um, and then you or you can go to like some sort of a seminar or whatever, some sort of health uh, class, some kind of addiction requirement seminar thing. And I wouldn't recommend you do that either. And I'd be curious what happens in Oregon if you don't pay the fine, if you, you know, demand community service or just refuse to pay. I wonder what they do to you. It it would be interesting. I mean, I I would assume I think every state has a way to discharge fines. Mm-hmm. Uh, through jail time, because if I not, I wonder about that. Huh? I wonder about that. Like I know they well, do. I think in New they Hampshire. have to because otherwise, if they threw you in jail for not paying a fine, you'd be there forever. forever. If you catch twenty two, how are right. you going to make the money? Um, Some jails would have you work it off. Yeah, hard labor. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, that's kind of what. Uh, I mean, if you're in jail, I mean, most of the time you have to do some kind of job if you're mm-hmm. convicted. So. Uh, or you sit in solitary. Yeah, or or sit in solitary. 
To, um, so they say the first domino of the cruel and inhumane war on drugs has fallen, setting off what we expect to be a cascade of other efforts centering health over criminalization. And that's according to the Drug Policy Alliance's Cassandra Frederick, the executive director there. They were behind the ballot initiative, and I totally agree with her. Um, what's going to happen here is likely going to be very similar to what occurred in o- both Oregon and Colorado when – or was no, it was Washington, actually, and I believe uh, Colorado that were the first two states to uh, to legalize – cannabis was it washington or oregon anyway one of those two didn't maine do it in like the 70s or they at did least decrim. decriminalize it yeah, they okay. did decrim uh but what happened in 2014 or around thereabouts when they when they legalized it was after a year or two the data started to come in and the data was that things did not go insane that people were not going you know mad in the streets and shooting each other over mm-hmm. uh you know a bag of cannabis or whatever they thought was going to happen uh when yeah. they legalized it those things those horror stories those scare fear-mongering stories never came true i think and- they thought white men white women were going to have sex with black men that was what they uh <laughs> that was that was the concern that caused it madness. to be outlawed in the first place yeah um <laughs> there's a whole movie about that in fact yes called reefer madness yeah that's a crazy movie although i don't remember there actually being any black characters in in I don't reefer either. madness i don't think that was uh that was actually the the quote for that uh comes from anslinger himself mm-hmm. from some uh senate testimony he gave and anslinger was he was actually uh there there were people in his own party who said that he should resign from the from the Senate because he was such a virulent racist mm. and this was in the 1920s wow. when you know the KKK would march down the street in Washington DC so i can't even imagine how racist he must have been to have been noticed as one in Back 1920 then. he was <laughs> Racist against Mexicans, too, and isn't that where the word marijuana comes from? It's yes, like a marijuana is word. slang from yeah. Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's it's a, a Spanish word, and that's that's why they used it was mm-hmm. to associate it with. Oh, okay. So the um, word isn't a slur. That would be bad. no. The word is well, it is slang, just, right? But they it's, started using it insultingly. Yes, um, it was used to actually distract people. It was they were trying to confuse people between cannabis. And marijuana. They made marijuana out to be this really bad thing and associated with, uh, Something with different. the coloreds. Oh. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? Um, because people might have known what cannabis was, but marijuana was this dangerous drug. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, big news here is that now hard drugs are going to have the same, I think, the same path. I think you're going mm-hmm. to see in a couple of years, we'll start seeing... The statistics will come out, and we're going to find out. I'm just going to all go on record. I don't like making predictions, but I will make a prediction on this one, and that is we're going to find out that the number of addicts in Oregon is going to go down. That's what and happened in Portugal. That's right. Yeah. That's why I'm making that prediction, because <laughs> yeah. I think the same thing's going to happen here. Well, if if uh, if if more people want to take that bet than you want to take their action, I'll take some of that action, too, too. because, yeah. yeah, absolutely, the uh, the laws... Uh, they just add to the hopelessness of somebody who's in that 
situation and it 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 doesn't make anything better no. it just ruins other parts of their lives too absolutely yeah. how are you going to you know how are you going to get the rent paid if you just got arrested and now you're sitting in a jail cell while you're supposed to be at work well they're going to fire you and yeah. it doesn't matter even if you beat the criminal case later for whatever reason you don't go and get because your job it was cotton candy yeah, or whatever instead of math or a bag of sugar happened. Or a donut, donut. Sugar. Remember the guy that got arrested for donut sugar that was like on his his truck floor. Or now, something how like did the cops not recognize that? <laughs> I mean, if anybody knows donuts, well, they right. smelled it right when they opened the car. That's how they found it? They were probably just mad because he didn't they have didn't any donuts any. left for them. Yeah. He didn't share. <laughs> yep. So, um, so I think we're going to see a drop in addicts, and that's not because they're going to die due to overdose. That's because they'll actually be not afraid to go and get help anymore. Yeah. I think that's a huge factor with decriminalization. What else do you think they're going to see after two years? Just the first two years of decriminalization, um, Feb- February I of twenty twenty three. I think they will see a drop in uh in addiction right. and and let me qualify that a little bit they might see an increase in the number of addicted persons but if you look at people that have been there i think you'll see a drop the and the reason i'm hedging there is because it's possible that people in like surrounding states who are already addicts will say well i'm gonna go live there why mm-hmm. would i stay here um but I don't think that'll become a major problem, and I don't expect it to. The number here, if you want to join us and weigh in, especially if you're in Oregon and you're hearing what people are saying about this, we'd love to hear from you. 603-283-6160. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Drug decriminalization gone into effect in Oregon. That is going to change a lot of people's lives for the better. This is one of the the best uh, ballot measures I've seen in a long time. And kudos to the the good people there in Oregon for for voting for it. Uh, Joining you in the studio tonight, it's me, Ian. Bonnie. And nobody. And hey, if you want to learn about cryptocurrency, we touched on it a little bit earlier in the show. We had a caller, uh, Medi from Canada, asking about cryptocurrency mining. If you want to learn some of the basics about cryptocurrency, it's time to get out over to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page and go through, you know, spend five minutes, ten minutes. Uh, just like a two or three minute long video there that you can watch that will give you a basic overview of what makes Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash different and special. And you really, really ought to take some time. If you've heard about the Bitcoin price shooting up, and by the way, it's been going up again uh, in the last uh, last 24 hours. I don't know if you've, you've been paying attention to this nobody but uh it's it's uh, it cracked through thirty eight thousand dollars again today oh nice. so yeah it's on the way it seems like it's on the way back up uh the the fees are out of the out of control with bitcoin right now which is one of the key differences between bitcoin cash and bitcoin and you'll yep. learn about these things over at bitcoin.com so get started over there right now at uh, bitcoin.com in fact i've got something i've been holding on to for a while about bitcoin cash and the uh, the founder of mega upload kim.com coming on board with it i've teased it a bunch of times but we never actually got to talk is about he still it. in jail or what happened to him he got bailed out um he's currently still it's been almost so he's a under decade indictment still. He, he is under indictment in the united states but he still is living in new zealand his home uh-huh. uh and 
he has yet to be extradited. So he's still fighting extradition against the United States. Interesting. But he's not fighting it from a cell. He's no. fighting it from home. He's fighting it from wherever he's living, which nice last time uh, I knew he was living in like a mansion. So he's, he's fairly comfortable. Uh, so back to the story here, though, about drug decriminalization. Measure, uh, measure 110 on the ballot is what passed with about 60% voting in favor of it. It went into effect on Monday. People with possession of uh, small amounts of hard drugs will no longer be arrested and not even have a criminal record. It'll just mm-hmm. basically be a violation-level offense, and that's yeah. amazing. The big problem with that measure and and don't get me wrong it is a wonderful step it is a great domino to, it's yeah. great to see that domino fall but there's there's still a huge problem that they will suffer from there mm-hmm. and that is until the sales are legalized right the blockchain uh, the not the blockchain the Black supply chain will be hidden Yes, and it, because it has to be, and as long because as it's still the a felony to sell chain, it. right? So long as the supply chain is hidden, you cannot have accountability for people who sell bunk drugs. That's right, and that is that always that will always have tragic consequences. Right, overdoses and you only run into that problem on the black market because anywhere else, if you say who's the manufacturer of this or Who's the vendor or who's the wholesaler and they won't tell you? You're like, yeah, screw you guys. I'm right. not doing business with you. But you won't even tell me who's involved. Yeah. But in the black market, you have to do that. Yeah. So- I was wondering if now in Oregon, maybe they'll have safe places to go do drugs. That may be the case. I mean, certainly there have been things like that in other cities, even when there wasn't decriminalization. So there Mm -hmm. were things like injection rooms for heroin users in certain cities. Those things still exist, Mm -hmm. uh, from what I understand. So it wouldn't surprise me if there were churches or other charitable organizations that were offering something like that. Um, And it's that's very important, especially with heroin, because people who die of heroin overdoses, most of the time they die because they were alone. Mm. when they did it overdosing and no one's there to help exactly and if somebody's there to help right they can help you know especially now with narcan and you'll be transmitting less diseases if you're not sharing needles you mean yeah uh yeah. yeah, assuming they have a needle exchange built in, which I would assume Almost that every some of them injection room should have something like I, that. Well, they all should. Yeah. But the thing is, there may be places where that would be an additional crime that whoever's sponsoring the injection room doesn't want to get involved in. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right, though. Nobody decriminalization like this does not solve the black market problems and a big problem in the black market is unknown supply and there's always risk involved in Mm -hmm. something like that but the good news is thanks to ross ulbricht and the silk road uh that particular marketplace development back in 2011 which has now been well um we're coming up on what was it it was the beginning of 2011 where that launched i think it might have been Anyway, it's it's let's call it a decade of this of uh, these darknet marketplaces at this point. Twenty twenty one marks the first decade of darknet drug marketplaces like the Silk Road that has done more for harm reduction than anything else in our lifetime has as far as the uh, the black market and drugs. There are more people alive today 
because they didn't buy drugs on the streets, Mm -hmm. because they bought them safely, relatively Mm -hmm. safely, through these online places where, yeah, you could get some bunk drugs, but the odds of that happening are slim to none. Whereas buying drugs on the Mm -hmm. street, there's a much higher uh, propensity and likelihood of getting bunk product and bad product and more dangerous uh, product Mm -hmm. that way. Because on these drug marketplaces like the Silk Road, which again doesn't exist anymore, but there are a bunch of places like it that mm-hmm. exist today. Uh, you've got open competition amongst anonymous sellers, and so even though you don't know who the seller is, the seller still wants you to like them. They still right. want you to come back, and, and they, they s- want that good review that yes. you're going to look at before you decide what to buy. If you're smart, you should. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if you're if you're not looking at the reviews, you're a damn fool. <laughs> Correct. So the reputation matters, even though it's an anonymous marketplace. And because mm-hmm. they're in competition with essentially the whole planet of drug dealers, it drives prices lower, it drives quality up, and it drives mm-hmm. customer service up. So there is no better uh, way to acquire these drugs. So I would like to encourage you know anybody who's in Oregon who now is facing, no longer facing instant felony charges for possession of some of these things or instant misdemeanor charges for possession. By the way, they, they do still have a misdemeanor tier, but it's like a lot of the felony level stuff has been reduced to a misdemeanor as well. So they did do right. some across-the-board uh, decriminalization here, and that's a good, good thing. Good, Yeah, I mean, the more they can get off that, the better, you know. Ballot measures backers say the treatment needs to be a priority and that criminalizing drug possession wasn't working. Besides facing the prospect of being locked up, having a criminal record makes it difficult to find housing and jobs and can haunt a person for a lifetime. Two dozen, yeah. right, because, like, you know, it's bad enough you've got a drug addiction. Now you can't get an apartment. Now you can't own yeah. a gun. Right. You can't go to Canada. Although that's probably a boon given the way things are in Canada yeah, right now, but right still. Now. Um yeah, now they do have legal prostitution. Two dozen district attorneys <laughs> opposed the measure, saying it was reckless and would lead to an increase in the acceptability of dangerous drugs. Who is this? This is the state dis- uh, district attorneys. Oh, yeah, those bastards are evil. Yep. Acceptability and, is the thing I was talking about earlier, just people not automatically thinking it's something bad just because they know nothing about it. And that's so a good thing. Destigmatization. Indeed. Instead of facing arrest, those found by law enforcement with personal amount use of drugs or personal use amounts of drugs would face a civil citation like a traffic ticket and not a criminal citation, according to the Drug Policy Alliance. Under the new system, addiction recovery centers will be tasked with, quote, triaging the acute needs of people who use drugs and assessing and addressing any ongoing needs through intensive case management and linkage to care and services. I don't know what all that gobbledygook means. I was just but. imagining having a conversation with a cop. That's not a personal use amount. You don't know me very well, do you? <laughs> um. <laughs> well, unfortunately, they do have very specific amounts yes. that are, uh, are specified here. But the addition, addiction recovery centers will be funded by tax revenue from Oregon's legalized marijuana industry. That diverts some funds from other programs and entities that already receive it, like schools. The ballot measure capped the amount of pot tax revenue that schools, mental health, alcoholism, and drug services the state police and cities and counties receive at $45 million annually, with the rest going through a drug treatment and recovery services fund. Oh, God, they got to stop giving that money to the cops, though. That's mm. awful. I mean, these are people who made their living persecuting 
someone, and now you have to pay tribute to them every time you smoke a doobie? Yeah, it's still no, the same people. I'd be going black market. Yeah. <laughs> I heard somewhere, and I forget where it was, that one of the states that did a legalized scheme gave the first license to a retired cop. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, so the fund will be a wash in money if the sales trend for marijuana continues as expected. In the 2020 fiscal year, marijuana tax revenues peaked at about $133 million. That's for one state, $133 million in tax revenue. That's a 30% increase over the previous year and a 545% increase from 2016 when pot taxes began, began being collected from the illegal recreational marijuana sales. Wow. So there you go. Uh, well, it's still better than, you know, having it illegal, even if you have to give money to government. There's more coming up. You can join us here. Hour two's next. This is Free Talk Live. Having taken her father's throne, Sarah Calhoun has fallen out with one of her best allies, and her brother Nathaniel heads into Imperial Philadelphia with a reckless plan. Her uncle Thomas, armed with new powers and new allies, aims to remove Sarah from her throne and from the world of the living to survive and to gain the strength she needs to fight an impossible war. Sarah must unite the Mound Builder Kings to enact an ancient rite that will propel her beyond mortality. Servant Daughter by T.J. Butler is the newest entry in the Dragon Award-winning Witchy War series from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and we're kicking off the second hour of the program here. As always, you're invited if you want to join us. Our number is 603-283-6160 in the studio tonight. It's Ian. Bonnie. And nobody. So, uh, 603-283-6160. You can bring up what you want to discuss. You can also call us on our Matrix chat server, you can go to chat.freetalklive.com to get the instructions on how to connect to the server and also call in uh, via Jitsi, which you, it takes a little bit of setting up, but we'll, we'll get it done and we'll get you on the air and you'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. So uh, whether you want to talk about drug decriminalization in Oregon, that's basically what we focused the first hour of the show on. You're certainly still welcome to call in with your thoughts on you know, what that's going to look like in another couple of years once we can finally get some statistics back. I think it's going to be overwhelmingly positive, and I think you're going to see other states, either through ballot measures or through legislation, they're going to start moving in this direction of, of drug decriminalization. It's the only sane thing that people can do to get out of this war on drugs with the exception of ending prohibition entirely in one fell swoop but no one mm. has proposed that not even here in new hampshire have any of the liberty reps proposed nobody is anything saying like we should that. do that nobody is, is saying that and you're nobody so that helps uh but unfortunately you're not governor at this time so there's not much yeah. that can be done uh, from they that perspective, stole the election from me as as much as i would like uh for the, the you and kanye Unfortunately, the Liberty reps here in New Hampshire have yet to actually make a similar proposal that I'm aware of. Uh, I have seen some minor decrim bills were put in last year to do decrim at like sort of high levels from ultra felony down to like little felony and from little felony down to misdemeanor. There was a bill like that last year, but it never made it out of committee. I don't think it did not uh get passed by either the house or the senate so and the thing is i think strategically that's a bad plan i think they should be putting in uh i think each each time 
they should put in the little bill, mm-hmm. but they should also put in let's go whole all hog. the way. Yeah, uh, because you know, a I think it would improve the chances of the little bill passing. Right. It looks more reasonable then. Yeah. yeah, and and also it's like. You know, I think it would make a better statement about the people who are putting it in that, you know, I'm willing to make some real change. Right. And uh, we're making change slowly here in New Hampshire. There is a movement for those that aren't aware of freedom minded people who've been coming here for more than a decade now. Bonnie, you're one of the newest movers. Uh, here so congratulations in fact the free state project Thanks. yeah and the free state project is uh, going to be celebrating this saturday and i believe mm-hmm. you're coming with us right nobody you're going to the uh, the saturday festivities oh that's saturday yeah, yeah yes it is. i am yeah there's going to be the uh, porcupine day as they call it and I, was it mark that called last night to bellyache about that or was that a couple nights about ago? the but, numbers they claim yeah. to have yeah, he's still upset about uh, the Free State Project, and he, you know he's mad that they only made ten percent of their goal. And it's like, well, that's still way more than any other migration has had anywhere they, else. He said he doesn't hold any Who's grudges. That? To be Mark? fair, yeah, uh, screw Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that's mean. Yeah, well, you know, the instead of belly aching for the last two years, he could have been actually being productive and, and helping maybe us. we'd have yeah. better numbers. He was. Yeah. He was on um, Free Talk Live. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he well, on occasion. He was on Free Talk Live pitching. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah it, you know, I, what can you do? I mean, not everybody's going to be happy. Obviously, people think that freedom should come sooner rather than later, and I don't blame someone for being frustrated that it doesn't happen soon enough. And, mm. uh, you know, we only we only live so many years, so I, I don't blame somebody for being upset about that. And, and certainly Mark isn't the first person to throw up his hands in frustration and, you know, pack his bags and, and leave. Um, I mean, he hasn't fully left, but he's you know, gone a good chunk of the year now at, at this point. And, and yeah. as you're pointing out here, nobody, he could have done things that were helping us rather than uh, than attacking us. But yes. regardless... It is what it is. Um, but the reality of it is, with even without Mark and even without everybody who's left, we still have new people coming here all the time. There were two new people that were up at our most recent Social Sunday. We had a visitor coming up from uh, who had not yet made the move, and we had somebody there who had, had just made the move. And Somebody from Alaska. That's right. A couple from Alaska was actually visiting, uh, checking oh, things wow. out here. So Getting yeah. ready to move. Yep. And, there's, and this has been like every week in recent weeks, so... We're seeing more people coming up here now than I would say ever before. Yeah, I mean, I mean people are getting dislodged from where they are. They're yep. getting, they're finding that they're working at home, and now they can choose where they live. That's true. That's been a major jobs. boon. I mean, it's one of the the surprising positives out of this whole COVID crackdown is that now all of a sudden a lot of jobs that weren't portable before are now portable. Yeah. And uh, and that that gives people a freedom that they never had before to be able to just pick themselves up from a place where they're paying way too much in rent like San Francisco or Seattle and come here. Yeah, and I'd imagine- like to say I'd like to say I'm from San Antonio, Texas if you think it's too cold for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you have a blanket with you right now. <laughs> imagine studio. earning a San Francisco uh salary and living in uh New Hampshire. Yeah, that'd be great, wow. wouldn't it? Or New York City or whatever, right? Yeah. So uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, you definitely ought to check out the the New Hampshire Freedom Migration. There's a great movie called 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire. You can go to 101reasonsfilm.com and you can watch it there. And it is an hour-long documentary that was, yeah, it was produced more than half a decade ago now. But I think it still holds true 
on a lot of the things that it says, like the community that we have here, which is just unmatched. There's nothing like it Mm -hmm. uh, anywhere on the planet. If you love freedom and you like the idea of being around other people that you can actually talk to, that actually understand, you know, the ideas of liberty, then there is no better place to be than this. Did you know we're in IMDb because of that? Um, that one's in IMDb. I knew uh, Derek J's was in there. I didn't know that the other one was. Oh, okay. Maybe it's just Derek J's. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've found out recently. I have an IMDb entry that I didn't even know about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I took the time to do that with Derek J's, so I I don't know if that exists. For oh, okay. Reasons. Well, we should do it for one one reasons. What the heck? Uh, you know, maybe I don't I... want people to think I'm a one hit wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's a star. It may actually be there. Okay, it is It is listed, uh, but I don't see, like, the cast. So no one took the time to put the the cast in there. Ah, lazy bastards. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's who's listed as. That's probably uh, Vince, the executive producer, who set that one up. So you, you would need to talk to, to Vince Perfetto and, and, okay. and or Bo and see if one of them has access to it. Really? So 603-283-6160, let's get an update here on GameStop. Nobody, you had uh, found this story over at CBS News about the whole controversy last week that we were discussing. I think it was actually about a week ago that we first saw the news that mm-hmm. there was this Reddit community called Wall Street Bets that had made headlines all over the place uh, because they had organized a purchase of GameStop stock, which GameStop, for those that aren't that don't know, is a... Mostly defunct, uh, but still in business. Game store that you know they're selling old media. It's you know platter chain of stores. Actually. Yeah, physical platters that they're still trying to sell. CD, ROM, DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. Uh, it's a business that is struggling and has been struggling for a long time, and their stock price was just tanking over the last few years. And then they pumped it up from like three bucks a share or ten bucks a share to over three hundred and seventy, four hundred dollars a wow. share uh, in less than a month's time, and that made huge headlines because it nearly bankrupted a bunch of hedge funds uh, out there because they had a bunch of short sales placed on these stocks and then they had were all of a sudden obligated to buy back the stock at a much higher price and so that really screwed the uh the wall street hedge funds over and a lot of people were i think rightfully celebrating that uh Mm -hmm. last week but as you predicted nobody that which goes up in the stocks world must Mm -hmm. come down and unless it goes up because it's actually got something new the profitability to drive it i mean a business can become more profitable and its stock will go up and stay up. Yeah. But if it just goes up because somebody's gaming the price, it's not going to stay up. They created a bubble, right? They, they did. created a bubble. They did. It and popped. and a lot of them got pretty wealthy over that bubble. You mm-hmm. know, they uh, they made millions. Some of these uh, these traders, these people that bought the GameStop stock, made millions of dollars and some of them lost millions of dollars. There's a story in the news today about one of them that lost $13 million. Oh my God. But he also, that's probably after he won a whole lot more than that, right? Like, so he, he probably Maybe. won. Maybe. Depends on when he bought. What If you bought at 500 and it's at 100, you're in trouble. No, 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 no. This guy made a bunch and then lost a bunch, oh, I think okay. is what happened. Because uh, he didn't sell it all at the top. Yeah, that's it's, just paper loss. We're coming up here. It's free, uh, free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The number here is 603-283-6160. 
at 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. Bonnie. And nobody. And, uh, of course, you can join us here and take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything that you want to discuss. Uh, that is the point here of Free Talk Live. We're going to go back to your calls and thoughts, but an update here on the GameStop situation. The guy that I mentioned that lost millions of dollars, the Reddit trader who claimed he made tens of millions of dollars, leading an army of amateur investors to snap up shares of GameStop, a campaign framed as pitting Main Street versus Wall Street, lost $13 million on Tuesday as shares of the struggling video game retailer retreated. Keith Gill, who goes by the name Deep Effing Value on Reddit and Roaring Kitty on YouTube, revealed in a post on the Wall Street Bets discussion board the value of his GameStop holdings had sunk to $7.6 million. That was down from nearly $21 million the previous day and as much as $50 million from last week when GameStop's shares peaked at $483 a piece. Wow, I didn't realize that they'd gotten that, that high. Are they still up higher than they were pre-Wall Street bets? Yes. Yeah, they're like... Ten times higher. Y- oh. More than that, weren't they at $3? I, I'm, I don't know what they're, uh, where they scraped the lows at. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think they had been as low as five or six bucks within the last year, but I don't know at what time. Yeah, now it's, what, 90s? Is it in the 90s now? I would heard it was 100 or so or 90s. Yeah, I think or, it's right around 100, yeah. so... So Still as you pointed a long out, this, way to go. as you pointed out, nobody. These are what are called paper losses, meaning that he hasn't actually sold the stock yet. He's, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I mean, maybe he has, but well, he needs to hurry up. Yeah, according to this, short uh, squeeze does not mean that the that the company is going to get better. Yeah, it just means that you know you played the game better than the shorters for the moment. Well, <laughs> right. from from all di- this, did GameStop make like enough money to maybe like? do something with it did they make any money no only the only way gamestop would have made money is if they had their own stock and sold it right wouldn't that been um well i mean they can always issue more shares of stock Mm -hmm. which that would have been the brilliant thing for them to do would be just to issue a bunch of shares of stock except the sec uh said that there was one company that was uh, driven up by a short squeeze and did issue its own stock, and the SEC's been saying that that was a no-no because mm. they should have known that it was because of manipulation. And it's like this whole concept of manipulation is an absurdity. Yeah, you know, because it's a, you know, you you should be able to play the game and let the let the chips fall where they may. The you government know? that's how it's supposed to work. The government manipulates money and interest rates all the time, too, and they don't care about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're always accusing China of of, uh, of manipulating their currency value. And it's like, well, you know, every fiat money government literally manipulates the, the value of its currency every sure. time it issues or does not issue more. That's the reason more. why they have a fiat currency, so they can yeah. manipulate. That's the whole point of it. Let's go to Tessa. She's on the line in Georgia. And Tessa, we do have a delay on your line, so conversation probably won't be very good. But if you have a comment or a question, feel free to go ahead with it. I was going to say, I have quite a bit of opposition to the decriminalization of drugs because I think that it will ultimately lead to legalization and I think that could be a problem because we can't trust corporations to behave themselves now 
and they already put out poison in a lot of the foods they produce. And I don't want them being able to, you know, put drugs out there. But the other thing I was going to say is another reason I'm in opposition to decriminalization is if it's not illegal, you can't offer people plea deals. And if you can't do that, you are never going to find the people putting these drugs out there. Um, well, let, let me let me uh, address the first thing um, first, which is, you know, the drugs are going to be out there whether they're sold by a corporation uh, and made in a professional manufacturing uh, facility or whether they're made in my in my buddy Jose's bathtub. One way or the mm-hmm. other, they're going to be made and they're going to get out there. And if they're made in my buddy's bathtub, then they're a lot more likely to kill somebody because he's an idiot. Um, the, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> he's dirty. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I would say is it doesn't matter who's putting the drugs out there because, uh, in, in terms of being able to track them down criminally, because they're not the cause of addiction. Addiction is not caused by drugs. Addiction is a condition that exists inside the addict mm-hmm. it is a condition it's a it's a failure to adjust to reality in some way They're looking to fill the, something yeah and the use of drugs is a symptom of that mm-hmm. but if you but if he doesn't get a hold of the drug that he wants he'll do something else and if he can't get a hold of his second favorite drug he'll do something else and if all else fails he'll go out in the front yard spin around in the circle until he gets dizzy and falls down and still one way or the other he's gonna find a way to stop feeling the way he feels and until you deal with the condition that's making it impossible for him to be present in his life, you have not solved any problems. No doubt. Tessa, thank you for the call. Go ahead uh, with your comments. My friend who overdosed and died, well, one of the last things he texted to one of our other friends was he was just looking for any drug at this point because Mm -hmm. he couldn't find what he was looking for. Imagine if he could have just went to Walmart and got the drug he was used to doing. Yep, in the amount that he was expecting to do it because that's the other problem. Even though I do share some of Tessa's concerns, like I'm no big fan of mega corporate drug manufacturers, right? Like no fan. Uh, But one thing's for sure, when you go buy aspirin off the shelf at the local drugstore or Walgreens or whatever. It's never fentanyl. Right. It's always aspirin (laughs) every time, and the count is correct. You know exactly what you're getting, the amount Mm -hmm. of milligrams of whatever acetaminophen or whatever in the product that you're buying, and there's a liability on their part if they get that wrong. So uh, unless it's a vaccine, of course, which we've talked about, but uh, but but generally there's a liability with these with these manufacturers in the legal marketplace because there's competition and you know the supply chain, you know where these things are coming from. But that said, I do have some concerns about legalization, but not for the reasons she's concerned with. I'm concerned because I want people to be able to manufacture these things without having to ask government permission and without having to get a special license or without needing a license to sell these things or to grow uh, marijuana or whatever. And that's what we've seen in every state so far with legalization of marijuana is there's a big regulatory structure that gets built up around it. And that adds unnecessary cost. It adds taxation. Uh, it adds bureaucracy. And it makes it so that only a few players can actually have wholesale you know, access to the market. 
marketplace. And so it's a restricted, artificially restricted market under legalization. Now, it's not as bad as prohibition. So it's better than prohibition in that most people who were going to jail before aren't going to be going to jail. But if you still grow marijuana without a permission slip, they'll still put you in jail. Yeah, because they're still enforcing a cartel. Right. This whole thing is a turf war between gangs. It's just not pitched that way. Yep. So if we could actually have total drug decriminalization, meaning no penalties whatsoever, total depenalization, that would actually be better than having legalization with regulations and taxes. All we need is repeal. We're coming up. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want here. Our number is 603-283-6160. We were just getting into the latest on GameStop, which uh, there was really no reason to talk about GameStop prior to last week. It was fairly unremarkable as far as a company goes. Uh, We're not a stock show. We don't really talk about stocks here on Free Talk Live. but Don't put any stock in them. When, uh, well, you should, if you were going to do it, you should have done it two weeks ago when no one knew about what was going on, If unless you were in the one group that was talking about it on the internet. As soon as yeah, it broke into, didn't know. As soon as it broke into the mainstream news, it was too late to uh, buy yeah, at that point. Yeah, because, you know, basically not only is, has most of the upside already been realized by the time it becomes news, mm-hmm. but... You know, if somebody's a savvy trader and they hear about that, they're gonna they're gonna immediately say what I said, which is, well, it's gonna go down again pretty soon. So then they're gonna come in and short it. Um, and I'm sure that there was another round of of short selling when it hit the news that this had been driven to these dizzying heights that you know the the fundamentals of the stock didn't justify. Right. And now it's uh, it's back in the news because, again, there are people who uh, they held on. They, they, you know, the part yeah. of the narrative of this whole buy the GameStop stock thing was to hold the stock, to continue to hold the stock, with the idea being that if enough people held the stock, it would keep the, the uh, restriction on the market supply and drive the price up even further. And that's not going to work. Well, it may have worked temporarily, but uh, enough people wanted to yeah. sell it. To where they, you can't convince a whole group of people to do the same thing for very long. That's not going to work. Um, yeah, especially when they've got a large amount of money at stake. Right. Where you know it's like I've made a hundred thousand dollars off this, and now you want me to hold on in case I make more. And and if you've got debts to know, pay, you gotta you want to sell. Right uh, yeah, then. yeah, and and just if you're sensible, you want to you want to sell. sell because yeah. you know the the idea the 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 reversal that people get is they think that companies fail because of short sellers 
And it's like, no, short sellers get involved because the company's going to fail. If short sellers get involved and the company doesn't fail, then they don't make money. They lose money and then they become former short sellers. Right. And maybe Um, that's going to be the case with some of these uh, these hedge funds that have lost billions of dollars uh, over the last week. Well, I mean, what the hedge funds probably should have done at that point, if they were able to get the capital, is double down on their short positions once the stock had been rid- rid- been driven to these crazy heights it because it had to, to go down again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you maybe know, that's did. what I would have done. I would have said, okay, double down. Yeah, they're they're not. We're we're ba- we're basing our decision on the actual fundamentals of the stock, mm-hmm. and they're basing it on emotionalism. Who's going to win? Um, <laughs> it was a fascinating thing to watch, though. I mean, like I said, I don't pay attention to stocks. I really don't care about them uh, for the yeah. most part. You know, it's kind of interesting sometimes, but you're always just betting on the future of a company. And companies are yeah. ran, you know, run by people, and a lot of them are going to make stupid decisions and they're going to fail. Um, and it, it basically yeah. is well, gambling. Well, the idea is to look at the company and find out how stupid the people running it are mm-hmm. by observing its behavior and if you bet on smart people who make smart decisions you're going to win pretty consistently so it's not gambling in the way that roulette is gambling there's nothing random about it it's um you know it is it's it's a game of skill it's not a game of chance well i mean (sighs) There's definitely research that you can put into it, but you can put all the research you want into a thing, and you still don't know what the market's going to think about it. You will never be 100% correct. Yeah. Okay, nobody will get, nobody will come up with the right answer every time, Mm -hmm. but... If you put the research into it, you can make money consistently. Yeah, this is not blackjack. They did do that because they started looking at GameStop back in February. I mean September last year before they actually did this because they just eyeballed it as one of the companies that's failing. Well, that's all they did yeah. though. They they only researched it as a company that's failing and one they could target because it had these what they're called short cells on it. They can somehow right. they can see where the short cells are at. And so they know that they exist, and that's why they targeted GameStop. They didn't do this because they expected GameStop to all of a sudden get their S together and come back and be able to actually be a profitable company again. But the idea of holding that long position forever... That's crazy. ...is, is, is crazy, because yeah. that's what it's predicated on, is we've saved the company... And, you know, some companies can be saved by a cash injection, but there is no there is no indication that, you know, a bridge loan was going to pull GameStop's fat out of the fire. Yep. And now their stock is floating at about, uh, according to Google, ninety two dollars and forty one cents as of today's close. So it's down significantly from where it was a week ago. And uh, where it's going to go from here, I, I you know, I imagine it's going to continue to go down. But really, the big question is, where are these guys going to go next? There's been a lot of talk about AMC or BlackBerry, but already AMC has been going down since I heard about yeah. it last week. And like you know, we pointed out earlier, once it hits the uh, the news media, it's probably already too late. Yeah. But given that it was only like thirteen bucks a share, I picked up a few shares just to see what happens, and now it's down below ten bucks. 
bucks, so it's already coming down. It yeah, didn't even go I up mean, that high. What what I would generally do is sell maybe four hours after it hits the mainstream mm-hmm. uh, media because there's going to be a little bit of bounce from people who FOMO in on the last minute, yep. at the last minute, and they're going to lose. That's uh, what I did last week. Yeah. On AMC. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. there's there's going to be boneheads like Ian. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Ian's not a stock market boyfriend. He's a Bitcoin boy- there you boyfriend. Go. Okay. I still don't know what I'm doing with crypto either. I that's just a meme. Good, I'm good at holding a thing. Well, so. I mean, and and that's that's the thing. I mean, if... I I don't know. I, I trade a little more actively... Yeah. Um, and it's, it's unclear. I mean, I think I'm a little ahead of where I would have been if I hadn't, uh, traded actively, but you know, I'm not nearly as far ahead as I would have been if I hadn't cashed in all my Bitcoin to pay for an appeal. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that sucks. yeah, well, you know, so where is the big, uh, next one going to hit? We had a caller call in last night, Turd Ferguson called in and he, he was pimping this naked stock. Uh, he was getting scammed. Well, now- yeah. If one once you're 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 building doorman or Turd Ferguson starts talking about something, it's time to get out. <laughs> um- <laughs> well, this uh, naked thing actually made it into this CBS News report. It's actually toward the bottom of the the report here. It says Naked Brand Group, which sells intimate apparel for both men and women, on Monday announced it had sold more than 29 million shares in a follow-on offering. At That's the one that did the did the offering yeah meanings they added more stocks? Uh, yeah they issued more shares they said well okay people are pumping and dumping our stock let's issue a bunch more shares and get a get a piece of that ah uh, <laughs> so that way the company can make some money on it exactly that's, that's, that's how the, the company would make money well i don't know whether it's a scam or not i mean it's definitely a, a legitimate it's, way for the company to raise money right it's, it's not a scam it's a way of making money off people who are trying to run a scam really yeah that's smart if you're if somebody true, yeah. is pumping and like if i hold a coin and i find out there's a pump and dump going on i'm I'm going to sell that coin, you know. I'll buy it back when the thing is over. Uh, Tuesday, as of yesterday, Naked Brands fell to uh, 91 cents each, which is a 45% drop from Monday's offering price. But their shares had traded for as little as 7 cents each as recently as November. Currently, they closed at 122, so they actually went up 34%. Uh, wow. In the last day, so I don't know. I, you know it's hard to say where the next thing's going to be because Turd Ferguson said there's been a schism in the Wall Street markets or the Wall Street bets Reddit. So there's already a group of them that have split off from the main group. And so where do you go from here? Where's the next stop? Where are they going to be targeting? And how big know. does the group have to be? I don't know. I'm in that Reddit. I'll uh, keep I'll an eye keep on it. Eye Let on us it. know. There's more coming up here if you want to share. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. This is Free Talk Live. Yep, it's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450. Wait a minute. Wow. You let me get way too far. It sounded so normal to me. You let me get way too far into that one. That's the worst I've done. That's in the wrong like, phone number. Yeah, the last month. Did you go through the toll-free thing and all that? Yeah, I totally oh, did. Good wow. Lord, yeah. 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 Uh, nope, can't do that. Don't listen to me. 603-283-6160. That's the number. That's the one that will work for you. 
How long has You're it been a radio since we got rid host. of that? If people aren't going to listen to you, what good are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's been a month now that we haven't had that toll-free line. So, yeah, wow. that's not going to wow. work. 603-283-6160. You can tell when I'm not paying close attention because I do that. It takes its toll. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the uh, the GameStop stock situation. I don't think there's much more to say about that, but if you do want to weigh in, maybe, again, you're paying close attention to what's going on in the Wall Street bets community. Where are they going to target next? Can they get it together to where they actually can pull this off a second time? Or is the, uh, you know, the, the Wall Street goon squad going to be able to interdict in some way and sow seeds of dissent and break up the community i mean the easiest thing for the wall street goon squad to do is to watch uh is to actually put people in the reddit yeah yeah that's what they're doing and uh and And it's easy they're all at that point you can pretty much neuter a group like that because you know what they're going to do Mm -hmm. and what made the GameStop thing successful is they were they not know. on the map. Right. And they didn't knew, know. it wasn't known it was coming. I don't yeah. think that, that that group of people can do it again. Yeah. I, I would, think the I same wish they people could. could do it again if they like regrouped somewhere else. But how are they going to do but that? But how do you organize without, that if you're in And how do you know who's not. Right. Who's there from you. the Wall Street? Yeah. yeah. Who, are you, who are your guys? How, it's all who, anonymous, like website yeah. names or right. usernames. So I don't know. I, I mean, I wish I could be more optimistic about this, and I hope that they can figure out a way to pull this off again because it was brilliant and it was amazing. But it might have been a one-time, you know, one-hit wonder. Yeah, I mean, the thing that would be amazing would be to to uh, create a group that was specifically it specifically existed to change the Wall Street. Um, uh landscape by um but you know it would have to be uh it it probably couldn't be a group that large but you could probably do a lot of good and make money at the same time if you were a smart person with a reasonable uh with a reasonably large pile mm-hmm. um and you might well be able to do a lot of good while making your pile larger 603-283-6160 is our number here tonight. We talked about the Oregon decriminalization as well, so you're certainly welcome to weigh in on that. In other news, a Virginia, West Virginia news publisher has filed an antitrust lawsuit against Google and Facebook. Now, why? Interesting. Well, the two companies face, or they together receive about half of all digital ad dollars in the United States and are now facing antitrust charge, uh, charges from federal and state governments. The company called HD Media owns several newspapers in the state, and uh, they claim Google has monopolized the online ad market so much that it, quote, threatens the extinction of local newspapers across the country, unquote. The suit also alleges that Google and Facebook conspired to further their dominance with a secret agreement referring to a suit filed by 10 Republican attorneys general in December. The 
company does not specify the impact on its business of the behavior of Facebook and Google beyond saying that it has hurt its ability to effectively monetize its content because Google is enabled to take an uncompetitive share of the news publisher's ad revenues. A lawyer for the company declined to speak on the record. This is a desperate uh, stab in the dark at trying to stay alive. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, you know, I hope that anybody and everybody who sues Google and or Facebook, no matter how wrong they are, I hope they win. But at the same time, uh, yeah, this is nonsense. I mean, if if they're offering a better service than you offer and you can't, make your service competitive by cutting your prices or by improving mm-hmm. your service or by producing more for your customers, then you deserve to cease to exist. Right. You should cease to exist and just go away. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, I think you pretty much summed it up there. I mean, look, these newspapers have been having a tough time adjusting to the digital world, and it's not Google's fault. It's not Facebook's fault. Whether it were Google or Facebook or some other companies that we never heard in this universe, mm-hmm. there would be something else out there that is offering people ad revenues on the internet or ad venues on the internet, places where they can target uh, their advertisements to specific groups of people. That's ultimately what Facebook and Google have allowed people to do, is to say, I don't just want to buy an ad that everyone looks at, which is what a newspaper is, right? Like everybody within whatever age range looks at the newspaper is seeing those ads, whether they have beliefs in certain ways or not doesn't factor in whereas on google or facebook you can target you can say if i i only want people who are in Keene, new hampshire who are between the ages of 25 and 48 who are males who are interested in hunting you know you can you can just whittle this down 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 till you get the exact group of potential prospects for your business that you want Mm -hmm. now i'm not advocating that people use google and facebook i think that they're actually i think they're not great as far as advertising venues go but i can't deny that people get results from them i mean as much as i don't like facebook i can't tell you how many local businesses have told me that they've put ads on facebook and have seen responses in real life from real life customers coming through the door so i mean the problem with us is we're political and our politics don't match mm -hmm. facebook's politics they won't even take your money (laughs) uh yeah so you know that and even if they did they they would probably just uh, basically shadow ban it or yeah. show it to people who won't respond to it well um, so they can not technically defraud me, but... Uh, but showing yet, the ad. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But, you know, but yeah, I mean, the ultimate of targeting, targeted marketing would be imagine if you could get advertising dollars from both Planned Parenthood and some right to life uh organization and then mm-hmm. you know show pro-lifers the right to life ad and show the planned parenthood ad to the pro-choicers and make money off uh, of both of them yeah make money off both of them and you can only use one spot you just switch what's in it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah today i was thinking about how almost everything i find out about that i like i found out about through social media really like all mm. the clothes stores i like music some music yeah i guess yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> a lot of people are on social media. And even you, didn't you quit Facebook recently? Or are you still yeah, there? I deleted my Facebook. It was Wow, that's great. All of us are corrupting off of Facebook. my mind. Um, or something. I'm still on it once every couple of weeks. I'll go back in okay, and just okay. do a do a drive by and mm-hmm. um, you know, hit a few people's pages and there's one guy I call an idiot every week. But you're pretty much off. I mean, I'm you, pretty yeah, much off. I'm not on, on daily like I yeah. used to be. Yeah, I would yeah. see memories from like way back and I would be like 20-year-old Bonnie just shouldn't even be on the internet anymore, so I deleted it. <laughs> mm. 603-283-6160. HD Media, the company in uh, West Virginia, they filed this antitrust lawsuit. And again, it makes the common mistake of calling Google and Facebook a monopoly. They're two different companies. Yes, they have a large share of advertising on the internet, but they don't have a monopoly. You can still purchase advertisements from other places on the internet. It is possible. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely possible. I mean, nobody else is quite as evil as Google and and Facebook. And, no doubt on the internet. In Monopoly terms on of evil. The mm-hmm. way they gather information on people, uh, so they couldn't do the the targeting targeted marketing. But personally, I want no part of that. Actually, I have to disagree with you. Nobody. The government is more evil. Um, that's true, yes. but they're not in the internet advertising space. The, uh, you know, Google and Facebook are pretty much the government's outpost, uh, in the internet advertising space. And, you know, that is of course, one of the, one of the big things is that Google and Facebook both became as, uh, ubiquitous as they are in, at least in part because, the mainstream media, which is the entertainment division of the military-industrial complex, pimped them. I was thinking that about pop music recently, and it was kind of creeping me out. Like, Katy Perry has this song called Part of Me, and in it, she's, like, in the army, and she's, like, dancing. I'm like, is oh, she just... Oh, it's, like, real pro-military. I is remember she just, that one. like, yeah, I don't this know, pimping the military? So Totally. 603-283-6160. You can join us here, and hopefully I'll get the rough right phone number for the rest of the show. Hour three's coming up. Free talk a lot. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Koinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Koinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them AnyPay sent you because they're on the fence right now and your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Koinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. This is Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. Bonnie. And nobody. So there is a story that I've been uh, mentioning on the air. We hadn't gotten around to it, so it's finally time to do that. Uh, The latest from Kim.com. Who is Kim.com? Nobody. Do you know who this guy is? Uh, Nobody knows who this guy is. Oh, no. no, That was Satoshi. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kim.com is a New Zealand dude who started, what was it called? Mega Mega Upload. Is it a cult? I don't think uh, so. 
No, no, it was a file sh- file sharing service. Yeah, you could upload whatever files you wanted up to some number of gigabytes, and people would use it for things like uploading DVDs and music and things that weren't legal to, uh, to upload and share, mm-hmm. uh, but they were doing that So just like wired. they do with uh, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube does take those things down, obviously, when they're brought to their intention, mm-hmm. and I, I suspect Mega Upload did did as well, uh, but Mega Upload didn't have the, the lawyers that YouTube has, so they came mm-hmm. after Mega Upload and targeted them, uh, and they arrested the Mega Upload's founder, uh, that is uh, Kim.com, a man who changed his name so from whatever it was at, uh, at birth to Kim, K-I-M, last name, dot com, D-O-T-C-O-M. So that's actually huh. his legal name. I'm kind of surprised he didn't make his middle name Dot. Yeah, I guess he didn't. Oh, well. For whatever reason. But uh, news.bitcoin.com had an interview recently with Kim.com. And, and this is actually more about how Kim.com is weighing in behind Bitcoin Cash. Uh, not so much an update on his current extraction status because he's currently still awaiting a uh, you know extradition from New Zealand where he lives to the United States to face charges of copyright violations uh, which is what they're charging him and his associates with for mega upload in a raid that happened back in 2012 so he's literally been waiting for nearly a decade of his life uh, continuing to fight in court with God knows how many lawyers and how much money uh, is being spent on these attorney's fees just to try to stop the extradition process. Is he in jail? Well, he is not, thankfully. Well, the RIAA owns a lot of politicians, and mm-hmm. they're not afraid to use them. Um, you know, the, uh, the copyright, for example, was supposed to be quid pro quo, and what do you mean by the, that? Pre- the quid pro quo was what you gave in exchange for copyright is at the end of the copyright period, your stuff goes into the pu- of the public domain. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's like 75 years increased after it, right? your death. They've yeah. increased it over and over and over again to the point where... You know, 99% that is copyrighted will not be out of copyright until long after it's completely worthless. Mm. Is it probably because corporations don't die? Um... Well, that's that's another issue. But, you know, even if it was I mean, it started out being less than 20 years, which really, you know, it was probably not a bad thing at that point. I I still wouldn't be in favor of it because it's not there's no natural right to copyright. Mm -hmm. Um, There's uh, and the only purpose of government is to uh, defend your rights. You know, if and there's certainly no. Uh, no natural right to patent. I mean, if you're a, a caveman in the state of nature and you decide to, uh, and you and your neighbor both have digging sticks and, you know, you sharpen your digging stick and it works better for you. Well, if your neighbor decides the next day to sharpen his digging stick, you don't have a right to go, you know, club him over the head and make him stop. That's absurd. So recently, news.bitcoin.com, which is a great site to go and get the latest headlines about cryptocurrency, chatted with Kim.com, the founder of now-defunct file hosting service Mega Upload and the creator of the content monetization application called K.im, which I had not heard of. The internetentrepreneur.com is a big believer when it comes to the crypto economy, and during the conversation uh, was discussed subjects like Bitcoin Cash and the recent big tech censorship and how cryptocurrencies will forward financial freedom. 
He is, of course, a well-known internet entrepreneur and political activist that believes the crypto economy will continue to swell in value. And by the way, he's been saying this for years. Um, I've followed him on Twitter and he recently, I think it was in 2020, when Bitcoin price you know, started to go up again, he pointed out, hey, I told you so, like years ago. He sort of reposted a post mm-hmm. where he said, buy Bitcoin you know, in 2016 or something like that. And it was, would have been a good thing to listen to uh, yeah. back then. He was the CEO of the now-defunct file hosting platform Mega Upload, which was taken down by the U.S. government in 2012. But before the takedown, Mega Upload served 180 million registered members and had 50 million visits per day. Wow. Currently, Why is there, is there something like that on the dark web now? I suspect that there is, but there's on the on the the normal web there are things that sort of took the concept of mega upload to the next level, and I believe Kim dot com was involved in founding one of them, Mega dot NZ, and so he founded oh, nice. another site, and then I believe he sold it off to some Chinese buyers or something like that. But the claim on that site is that the files so it had had like a certain amount of space, like Mega Upload offered, some number of mm-hmm. gigabytes. And you could just sign up and get a free account and, you know, get that number of gigabytes. And if you wanted to upgrade, you could pay for an upgrade and get more gigabytes or whatever, terabytes Mm. or whatever you'd get. Uh, And the idea is that the company didn't have access to your files because they're all encrypted with your username and password as like the encryption hash or something like that on these, Mm. these files. So ultimately, the problem with Mega Upload was... There wasn't any encryption on Mega Upload. This was, you know, back before yeah. that was even something people paid attention to. And so all of the illegal files that people were uploading to Mega Upload were in the clear, so to speak. So Mega Upload mm. did know what was on their system, or they could know if they went and right. they looked. Whereas this this other site, Mega.nz, and again, I'm not endorsing mm. it. I don't know if it's true what they say. Obviously, I don't know if it's probably not even open yeah. source. So it's just the claim. Well, I mean, you can certainly accomplish that very reliably by just uh pgp encrypting your file before you ever send it to, to them. a cloud and then yeah. you don't have to trust that that's true what is open source open source is software that is sold with the uh or not sold uh software to which the source code is available so basically it's not only a program that your machine knows how to run but you can read the set of instructions that make up the program and see what it really does for yourself. If you're a programmer, I mean, so if you, you have to know yeah. what it means, and it's in it's going to be in a programming language, not in English. But. So, like, if you could read it, you could verify that it was really encrypted. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, .com is now working on a content monetization application called K.im, which will meld the benefits of cryptocurrency solutions and file hosting. Uh, which you'll have to look into that and see what that's all about. Apparently, yeah, that sounds like maybe a more advanced IPFS kind of deal. I don't know. It hasn't launched yet. It says here it's expected to launch in the fourth quarter of this year. Dot com has revealed the next generation content monetization app will see Bitcoin Cash integration. During the conversation, he spoke about a recent demand for digital assets and why Bitcoin Cash has a lot of upside potential, uh, and the recent big tech censorship. The question from Bitcoin.com was, while the global economy has been extremely gloomy, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin have seen significant demand. Do you think cryptocurrencies will continue to shine in 2021? 
And Dotcom said, what we've seen with the global economy because of the pandemic, in my mind, is really just the beginning of greater global distress of the economy and currencies, simply because governments are printing money to finance debt. In the U.S. alone in 2020, over 30 percent of all the U.S. dollars in existence have been created during that year. It's just not sustainable. You cannot keep printing money to pay what is required. Doesn't he understand modern monetary free modern modern monetary theory? Yeah, I think he does understand. We it. can all make ourselves rich by just printing money. All they need to do is give every citizen a printing press, and he can print <laughs> as much money as he wants to, and we can all be rich, rich, filthy rich, <laughs> and lord it over. Oh wait, who are we going to lord it over if everybody has as many? What are what then are we going to spend rich. it on if everybody has as many dollars as they want? Okay, yeah, never mind. Work. There's a hole in my plan. Yeah, you don't have to think real hard about it to find the <laughs> hole in that plan. But apparently a lot of people don't think real hard about it. Or at all. 603-283-6160. More on uh, Kim.com. Weighing in on Bitcoin Cash and the future of money. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. The number is 603-283-6160. If you want to join us here, you can take control of the airwaves. 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Bonnie. And nobody. And coming up in the summertime, June 28th through July 4th, you'll want to join us at ForkFest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Mark your calendar now. Book your campsite, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 28th through July 4th. Now, that's the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which on its own is a fine event. Uh, but ForkFest is decentralized, meaning that there is no ticket cost and there's no uh, organi- organizer, there's no official schedule. But what there is... Uh, is a bunch of liberty-minded folks hanging out at the same campground, and that means they will come up with things to do. Uh, From what I understand, the band FUD, which includes a couple of our co-hosts, is going to be playing again. They played the first show, the first musical show that ForkFest has ever had in its five-year history. This will be its fifth year coming up. Uh, They're going to do another musical show, so we're going to have another live musical show from FUD. Uh, Free Talk Live, of course, will be broadcasting. We've heard now from the AnyPay boys that they're going to have a dome up for both weeks, both the Porcupine Freedom Festival and ForkFest this coming year. So they're actually looking to rent out their dome uh, this year for the first time. Oh, really? Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, they're going to rent it out by the hour, apparently. Well, if you're listening and you know some strippers, give me an email at uh, at, at nobody at electnobody.com because it's, I've got a use for that that uh, that dome if I can find some dancers. It's always strippers and prostitutes with, with nobody. nobody. <laughs> um, it's rarely nobody. It's rarely strippers and prostitutes <laughs> with nobody. That's why it's... Nobody is so grumpy. And <laughs> one day, I hope it will always be strippers and prostitutes with nobody, because then nobody will be a happy, happy nobody. But it'll probably be no good on the air, because I mostly rant. Forkfest.party. <laughs> you can go to learn more about the event there and connect with the Forkfest chat room on Telegram, where people have been arguing about all kinds of stuff. I think you've been in there uh, talking to people over the last oh, days. Oh, yeah. It's I've like been a- busting Mikey the bigot's balls. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's a he's a character. 
Uh, check that out over at Forkfest.com. Yeah, he's just party. a character from a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those guys that acts differently in real life than he does online, you know? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. find him and not buy anything from his tent. Yep. Oh, he's easy to find. Yeah. We'll, we'll See, I actually buy stuff from his tent. I don't hate the guy. I like the guy, but some of his ideas are just... Uh, they're the kind of ideas that are so bad that you have to say something. Say something, yeah. Um, you know, it's like if somebody starts bringing up communism, it's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta respond to that. Do you think he's really as racist as he comes across, or is that just is um, that just trolling on the? Internet? I think that. Well, I hope. That when he actually meets a person of another persuasion, he judges them as a person rather than as a category first. Because, you know, the... We can hope. The problem with the category thing is it tends to be wrong in like 30% of the cases, which makes it mathematically worthless. You know, and so the, the, and, and I say at least 30%, not because I think that's the maximum of, of nonsense in it, but because that's a sufficient number to make it mathematically worthless. Mm-hmm. Be, because, you know, if, if normal is 50 50 and you know a statistical variance from that, but you only know the variance up to 30%. What you know is nothing more than you knew at 50-50. I've always thought even racist jokes are like part of the problem because you're just like making it normal to act like that. Yeah. I mean, I think they can be or I think they cannot be. And and the reason I say that is like my buddy Kirby, who uh, he's this guy I met through the show. And he, he calls in. Yeah, he calls in regularly and I've gotten to know him like in real life and like He's black, and one of the things that I want to do with him when he gets up here is watch Blazing Saddles, which is chock full of racial jokes. But the reason is because he was saying that, you know, in the 70s, he could sit down with a white guy and watch Blazing Saddles, and they could both laugh Laugh. their asses off it. And, And the reason is because there are racial jokes in there, but they're not made in a in a mean spirited way. And there's a difference. Well, there used to be a time when people could laugh at themselves or people could laugh uh, at their religion or laugh at their color of their skin or whatever. But but the thing is, you can it it also depends on how a joke is is delivered. delivered. You can see, you know, in in the face and in the demeanor of somebody what whether he is is whether he thinks he's revealing some truth when mm-hmm. he tells a joke and you know and that's what i would call mean-spirited is when they actually believe it's true but when you're just riffing on the stereotype mm-hmm. then then no it should be cool for 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 people to do that and I agree. but it should be done without hate and it's because it's been done with hate so much that it's become a sore spot. I feel like I think and stereotypes themselves can just be bad, though. Like I don't think stereo- like something that isn't a hundred percent true of all people of a race is uh-huh. a stereotype, and then you're just you're pushing that idea, well, that stigma. The the thing is, there are 
there are things that are good to know, you know, like there are cultural differences where uh, I'm trying to think of one. There's I know there's a couple of things that you just don't do around Japanese people. Okay. Like a hand signal uh, or something. But I mean, yeah. Even that yeah. would be like people from a country. That's not people's race. Or, That's just the way that the people who, uh, the goons over that continent have created a land. Well, but there's still stereotypes a, about people from certain, gets, certain countries yeah. or cultures. I mean, race and, or not. Yeah, I mean, there's... But that's what people are conflating it with. They'll be like, if you make a Japanese culture joke, people are going to be thinking the people that look like Japanese people. I don't know. I just think mm-hmm. it's just not funny. Like, why, yeah. why are stereotypes funny anymore? Like, Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I'm. They're They're funny when they're funny and that's and that's the thing it's like but how what's humor you know humor to to me laughter is is your reward for recognition of error okay so you know it's generally it's just uh following a weird leap of logic you know a mistake where you can understand how the mistake was made well, a lot of humor has a target. There's usually uh, yeah. somebody who's the victim of the of the joke. Yeah. Well, there's well, there's a there's a uh, a butt of every pretty much every joke because uh, you know, as Michael Valentine Smith said in Stranger in a Strange Land, sometimes we laugh because otherwise we gotta cry. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. If you want to join the program here and share your thoughts on stereotypes or jokes, and or we're going to get back into cryptocurrency with Kim dot com coming up, and your calls are also welcome. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. It's free talk live. Ross Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence without parole for all nonviolent charges. He is a first time offender, and no victims were named at trial. Ross is condemned to die in a cage because he made a website called Silk Road that allowed people to exchange what they chose using Bitcoin as long as no third party was harmed. Please help. Sign and share the petition at freeross.org to commute Ross's sentence and bring him home. Free Talk Live, you dial in here, 603-283-6160 is our number. With you tonight, it's Ian. Bonnie. Nobody. And you can bring up anything you want. That is the point here on Free Talk Live. More with uh, Kim.com, the founder of Mega Upload, facing years in prison in the United States for so-called copyright crimes, quote-unquote crimes. Uh, But he's weighing in on uh, the future of money and cryptocurrencies. We'll get a little bit more out of him in just a moment here. And he's actually, I was was very pleased by the way he put what he put because, uh, you know, as an economist, he was spot on. And a lot of times I shudder when these celebrity guys talk about economics even if they're on my side yeah because a lot of times they don't understand it very well but you know his what he said was absolutely spot on technically yeah i don't know if he would describe himself as a libertarian but he sure has got it right on this issue there's no doubt about that well and it's 
it's hard not to be a libertarian once you understand this issue because you know when you, when you understand the magnitude of the scam mm-hmm. of the money they, printing of of printing money mm-hmm. and the 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 theft the wholesale theft oh, yeah it's bad that they've made from the rest of it's the, the world. It's the worst tax if out there. Henry Ford said that it is well that the people do not understand how the banking system of this country works. Because if they did, I believe we would have a revolution before morning. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's go to your calls and thoughts here. we got Anarcho-Republican. He wanted to weigh in on the discussion about stereotypes, racism, and jokes. Anarcho-Republican calling from Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I, I disagree with the idea that stereotypes aren't funny. I think they are funny. I think the reason people laugh is because they are largely true. Um, and when you talk about something being 30% true or 60% true, I think that's true in each person. I think if you look at whatever ethnicity you are and, mm-hmm. and you say, well, how many of the stereotypes apply to me? You'll see that probably 60% apply to you. Um, so, And that's why they're... You know, I mean, you can think about doing the opposite. Make, let me give you an example. You know, uh, here's a joke. What's one of the shortest books I ever read? Black People I Met Yachting. Okay. Well, that's a joke. All right. What? Yachting. Now, you, yachting. Yachting. Y- yachting. As in being on a boat. Yachting. Oh, okay. It's one of the three shortest books. There's other, I forget the rest of them. Black Folks I Met Yachting. Okay, now well, you made a joke uh, about black people. How many yachts you got? It's only funny because it's true. There's not a lot of black people who yacht. Why I mean, is that funny? Fact. I mean, it's, always, it's a denial of the truth. And, and what, the, what comedy does is it's so important because the jester was the one person who could point to the king and say, you've got no clothes on. Well, that's a the, Shakespeare lover, dope, I can say that. What this wokey dope true. stuff is doing is it's denying that. And let me give you another example of something that's been talked about today. There's an there's a, there's a editorial in the Washington Post where they're calling for a truth czar. They're, they're calling for all the high-tech guys, you know. the Oh, yeah, that's terrifying. Truth. They're actually forming a ministry of truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, this yeah. is the world we live in, and so comedy is the one thing that can, that can change that. And if we turn comedy into nothing but, mm. you know, they say Saturday Night Live stinks right now. Well, it stinks because the They've only said comedy that they know how to do is hate. It has stunk for decades. <laughs> Yeah, but I, don't know. I think lots of Republicans. Really I think lots of Republicans try to turn like don't make racist jokes into me saying you shouldn't have the ability to say what you want to say. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying how is that funny? You're so old and it's not timely to make that yacht joke you just made. It's really dumb. Um, the yeah, joke I, I mean, made I didn't, it was a dumb joke because the I rest didn't of find it amusing. And, you know, I'll, I'll bet you Michael Jackson <laughs> had a yacht if he wanted one, certainly. But was uh, he black? Uh, well, Michael Jackson was black. I mean, <laughs> not at the he, end. He oh, faded with age. Well, you see age, what I'm saying. But, I mean, in other words, um, if it, if it, you know, <laughs> no one makes jokes about the ballroom dancers that are, you know, I don't know, you know, Norwegian or something. It, yeah. it oh, just oh it see, work, now you've challenged you know? me. I've got to figure out a joke about a Norwegian <laughs> ballerina. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, yeah. it, it, the reality is it, it is true, and it's just a denial of truth. I and mean, when you live in a world that's just denying truth, I mean, this is it gets <laughs> really exhausting. Yeah, well, the okay, thing anyway, is... Hey, guys, uh, 
hey, things are true nice until they're you not. Guys, I, I'm one of your allies, okay? I'm uh-huh. not an enemy. I'm an ally. Okay. Yeah, I think I nobody was trying to talk to you. Go ahead, nobody. You were saying? Um, things are either true or... I, I, well, the thing is... There are some things like you that you that you don't joke about, okay? You don't joke about a guy's mother unless you know know him well enough that you can, you know? Uh because there I mean there's some people that will completely snap over that. And and so there be so what I think is vital and what I think is a healthy balance is, you know, you don't joke with the Japanese person about atomic bombs. He might have lost family about it. You well, know, you should know your audience. Uh, you should, you should know, you should know your audience, and you should be careful not to be a dick. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that yeah, okay, and, and so, that's you know, the that's, thing. That's so many story, people I mean, have that's been dicks. A successful comedian and a non-successful comedian, but you know what? A lot of successful comedians were dicks. Uh, well, yeah, I mean Don Rickles is the the great part about it. So no, I don't agree with what you're saying. I know what you're saying. There's Mm -hmm. good taste and there's bad taste and there's getting punched in the nose and you deserve it. I I get that. You know, I mean, when you say something about someone's mother and you get punched in the nose, you deserve it. I mean, I guess what I came up with, because I, I had to think about this problem in the abstract because I'm, uh, because I'm looking at building, um, uh, let me not say a militia unit, a cop block group uh, that is, uh, it's designed, one of the important things about it is having it multiracial because I want it to be able to go into a Black Lives Matter event or something like that without looking like counter-protesters, okay? Uh, but at the same um so I had to think about, in the abstract as a leader, what would I do if... You know, some guy in the unit threw out it, threw out the N word and got slugged for it. And so my policy ended up being, well, we're a fighting unit and fighting units fight. And if they don't have anybody to fight, they fight each other. So you can say whatever you want. But if he takes you outside and whips you, I'm just going to laugh at you if what you said was, you know. Thank you, anarcho-republican. Where's the whooping for your call here tonight? I mean, one thing's for sure: humor is something that everybody has a different tolerance for. Yeah, and uh, and you know, so, some people say it's too soon. Yeah. Whenever some sort of tragedy happens, I'm one who believes it's never yeah. too soon. Crack the jokes. See, I I think there are times when it is too soon, mm-hmm. just because even though the reaction of somebody who is who feels further injured is um it may be completely irrational but i know that such people exist and i try to love my fellow man and so I try not to do something that's going to magnify somebody else's pain yeah, but at, at other, a bad on, time, but on the even other, if their pain will be mag- magnified through some logical error of those. I get what you're saying, but now you're talking about facts. Okay, but now you're talking about reducing the amount of fun that you have and the amount of laughter you get because you're worried about what some snowflake's going to think. Well, 
Because there's yeah, always going to be some snowflake upset about And if you want to go to funerals and crack jokes and laugh, <laughs> you can do that. Well, again, but it, you have to know you your need, audience. But, I mean, you want to go to a funeral. Is, and that's what I'm saying. Know your audience. Be kind and and be careful. Because I actually, I used, I told a joke to my mother in a restaurant once that contained the N-word. And she said, don't, don't ever say that. Because somebody walking by doesn't know you're telling a joke. That's right. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But I wouldn't say hold back on telling a good joke because somebody might get offended. I would. It is Free Talk Live. Kicking off the final segment here of this episode. No worries. We're always here every single night of the week. If you didn't get your call in tonight, it's not too late. You can still jump in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, you've got Ian. Bonnie. And nobody. Check out nobody at electnobody.com for more of him. Actually, you can see him in the latest video that I posted on the Free Keen YouTube channel. Where he is having it out with a phalanx of armed thugs, uh, a bunch of state police officers. Actually, it was the three of us oh, that went I out there. I busted their balls, didn't I? Yeah. You gave them a preaching to. Yeah, you gave them a I good gave sermon. A, I gave them a sermon. Oh, I like it when I get them in the sermon mode. And I hope some of them thought about what you had to say when they did go home at night, as you had invited them to do. Uh, and to think about I whether hope they so, were. Because nobody appreciates those guys. The sermon's in the video. <laughs> It is, uh, and and no, nobody encouraged these goons to go home and think about whether they were on the right yeah. side or the wrong side of. Well, the thing freedom. is, the, the 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 tragic figure in this the whole soap opera that we call life, or one of the tragic figures, is the guy who became a cop. Because he wanted to help people. Yeah, and now he's enforcing, and, uh, arresting a man for saying a few words to the cops. That's what the that's what our yeah. friend got arrested for on Sunday. And some of those guys have got some. Not all of those guys are psychopaths. That's so, true. Some of them that's are. True. Some of them are just blind. Some of them just don't understand. Some of them may understand, but they're afraid to quit their jobs or do anything about um, it. Yeah, and and that's cowards. I mean, well, well, that's that's the thing is, you know, some of them are salvageable, you know, and I believe I believe in redemption. I think so, too. And I've always treated them Um, as human beings and individuals. And yeah, uh, I wouldn't say always, but after I moved here, I changed my my viewpoint uh, more than a decade ago. Yeah. See, I go back and forth. I go through cycles of anger with Mm -hmm. them, you know, especially because. You know, uh, being involved with cop block and 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 reading, you know, police the police and the Free Thought Project. You know, I every day I'm seeing a new atrocity. Oh yeah, that was more, more than that one. was carried out. Um, and so it's it can be hard to stay calm in a situation like that. No doubt about it. Yeah, and and sometimes I I run my mouth more. But you know, if somebody said to me, "Look, I'm a cop, and I don't think I should be anymore," you know, will will you listen to my story? I would be like, "Yeah, of course I'll listen to your story." Yeah. And you know, I and I'm a pope, so I have to do that. Even if somebody does something reprehensible, it has to be able to tell it to somebody. Yep. 
If you can't tell the Pope, who can you tell? Check out the video at freekeen.com. <laughs> I mean, it's the not latest, the other Pope. He's the, scary. It's the latest video on the Freekeen <laughs> YouTube channel as well. So if you want to see what happened in front of the governor's house on Sunday, which involved the three of us and about 15 other people and then like 20 plus cops, uh, you can see the video for yourself at freekeen.com. So back to the story here uh, from Bitcoin.com's news site, news.bitcoin.com. You're interviewing Kim.com. He's the founder of Mega Upload, and he is now backing Bitcoin Cash. He's talking about the devaluation of the fiat monies, and especially the U.S. dollar going on. He says, quote, I think there's a significant devaluation of the U.S. dollar happening, and that is driving driving the demand for cryptocurrencies. Digital currencies are now seen to be more stable than fiat currencies. If that trend continues, which I think it will, it's going to accelerate the devaluation of fiat currencies, therefore causing significant disturbances in the markets as well. See, that's that's crazy that people would regard cryptocurrencies as stable. I mean, my God, they've been they've taken off faster than any other investment. There is nothing that has returned the return on investment that Bitcoin has. That's not stable. That's rocketing upward. Well, by comparison to <laughs> fiat currencies that are going Which down, Which is rocketing down, downwards down. At, at exact, by definition at exactly the same rate. I don't know if it's exactly the same. but Well, uh, it is because one is the inverse of the other. The, the upward change in uh, well, Bitcoin is a downward change in dollars. There's more factors into why Bitcoin is becoming popular than just the fact that fiat is being printed, but that, that's certainly a factor. Well, I mean, it's not bec- it's not just the increase in the fiat. It's that the increase in the fiat has made the whole system a bad deal for sure. investors, and they want to be someplace else. Reece- so, yeah, it can be it can go to infinity. The dollar can go to zero. Bitcoin.com. Uh, for, hmm? for all we care. Indeed. And uh, it technically can and probably eventually will, will. except for collectors. Bitcoin.com uh, asks, said, recently you said Bitcoin Cash has a great upside potential and is currently undervalued. Can you tell our readers why you think this is the case? Kim.com says there are a couple of factors. One factor is that Bitcoin Cash, BCH, already does around 10% of the transaction volume that Bitcoin BTC does. But BCH is only valued at 1% of the current valuation of uh, Bitcoin. Uh, so Bitcoin mm-hmm. Cash is one uh, percent of the of a Bitcoin. So that's a little bit of a discrepancy there. It's a very simple way to understand why it's undervalued. Another reason is that Bitcoin Cash, unlike Bitcoin, is electronic cash, where Bitcoin wants to be electronic gold. Bitcoin yeah. is not really and Bitcoin will never be electronic gold. That's nonsense. What are you going to make out of Bitcoin? A necklace? A necklace? <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin is not really, he says, what you use to pay for things online. If you go and buy an Apple and transaction fees cost more than the fruit, that's not a viable electronic cash solution. And he's absolutely right thank about you. that. Yes, thank you for telling the truth on that. I am so sick of people shilling BTC when anybody who knows anything about crypto knows that it's transactions that you're paying for. And if you can't make transactions with it, it's not gold, it's static electricity. Okay, it's what are you going to do with it? Uh, I sent a Bitcoin BTC transaction today for just under $19 from an exchange. The only it was insane. There's only one way I'll accept BCC and that is uh, BTC. And that is if you send it 
to my exchange account. Mm-hmm. So you can and trade it right away. the reason is because I won't pay a fee on it to move it somewhere else. If for some reason right. you have to send it to me and I'm going to have to send it to the exchange, I'm going to charge you an extra 25 bucks right. because I don't have time to look up what it is at the moment. Now when you look at the transactions, this is again, Kim, Kim.com continuing to say, now when you look at the transaction volume potential for Bitcoin Cash, it's significantly higher than that of Bitcoin because of the parameters of Bitcoin Cash. It has very low fees currently on txstreet.com. You can look at the fees there. It says the average media fee uh, or median fee for a Bitcoin cash transaction is uh, looks like one tenth of one percent of a mm-hmm. of a uh, one t- one tenth of a cent rather per transaction. He says okay. so. So if one coin can can do a transaction at a fraction of a penny, mm-hmm. and another coin. Cost ten dollars to do the same transaction. Same yeah, it's insane. That's not electronic gold. That's garbage. That's absolute yeah. garbage. And when the market figures that of, out, uh, well, the market will figure that yeah. out. You know, I really think that the the price differential of Bitcoin versus the other coins is just because it's being pumped. By the Federal Reserve and her million and her minions, he says you don't have that with uh, BTC. So Bitcoin Cash is likely to take a more significant share of daily real life transactional volume. That's where the upside potential lies, and that's why I think Bitcoin Cash is undervalued. Bitcoin.com asks, you said the other day you plan to make Bitcoin Cash the leading electronic cash solution in the world, and you plan to help accelerate the use of Bitcoin Cash. How do you plan to do that? He says, so global credit card transactions are about $1.01 billion per day. I think that Bitcoin Cash in the next 10 years will be able to compete with that. More and more vendors are accepting Bitcoin Cash at their point of sale, and we are going to accelerate that with partnerships, getting big retail chains to accept Bitcoin Cash like grocery markets and really anything that does big volumes of transactions. Then, of course, online transactions, as well as nothing works better and smoother than Bitcoin Cash. It's already a proven system with over 100,000 vendors that have implemented it, so you can see there's a demand for a solution that's cheaper and better than traditional credit cards. And I, I hope he's right. I mean, I hope that he uh, – it sounds like he's really getting behind this. And with Kim.com, you know, I mean, he's, he's just one guy, but he's a fairly wealthy man. And he – you know, some people pay attention to what he has to say. So if he's, if he's back in Bitcoin cash, I think that bodes well uh, for its future. And, and more people who are serious about using cryptocurrency as, uh, as money should look at Bitcoin cash. They should also look at Dash. Uh, Dash is another transactional cryptocurrency. It's called digital cash. That's what Dash stands for. And, and it's basically, it was doing what Bitcoin cash is doing before Bitcoin cash even existed. Uh, so it's worth a look well, at as well. Does it have tokens on it though? No, it doesn't. So it doesn't it do doesn't. what Bitcoin cash does. No. I, I still think Bitcoin, I'm going to come out and say it. Bitcoin Cash is the real Bitcoin. Mm. Bitcoin is not Bitcoin. It is not Satoshi's Ooh. vision. And Sato- Bitcoin Satoshi's vision certainly isn't Satoshi's version. Out of time. Because he didn't see it being read by, led by a con. Oh, anyone that's who, SV. Anyone who wants to respond to him will have to call tomorrow night. We'll see you then. Freetalklive.com. Welcome to another exciting adventure of Jonathan Gullible. As you may recall, we last left Jonathan Gullible on a remote Pacific island after his boat was blown far off course by a terrific storm. While Jonathan was wandering along a road on the edge of a town, he came across a man who was standing in the yard of a house that was being torn down. The man looked very angry. Jonathan inquired, Who owns this house? That's a very good question. 
I used to think that I owned this house, but now I know different. What do you mean? To own something means you control it, but no one controls their property. The Council of Lords tells you what you may build, how you may build, when you may build, and what you may use it for. I never really owned my house. I merely leased it from the Council of Lords as long as I could pay the property tax. I see they are tearing down your house. Didn't you pay the property taxes? Oh, I paid all right. But even still, they're taking my house because they say that my plan for the house doesn't fit into the council's plan. What's a council plan? A council plan is a political plan that belongs to anyone with political power. If I spend my life pursuing political power, then I can use the council to force my plan on other people. So they just took your house? Didn't they give you anything for it? They gave me what they said it was worth to them. But it's like robbery if they can make an offer that I'm not allowed to refuse. But isn't a council plan necessary in order to have wise development? Look around you. The land is filled with outrageous council plans. If it's truly a wise plan, then it wouldn't have to be forced on people. So ends another bizarre episode in the life of Jonathan Gullible. Build freedom with laughter. Join the community. Access free media clips and more. Or get your free PDF copy of the book. Go to jonathangullible.com now. jonathangullible.com LRN.FM's free-to-air satellite feeds blanket most of two continents. It was my goal to put our channel there so people without internet could receive our programs and feed pirate radio stations. As our contract with our satellite provider is coming up for another three-year renewal, I have to consider calling it quits. It's rare that we get feedback or support from our satellite users. We started a fundraiser a few years ago, and though there are a bunch of great contributors to it, as of this recording, it covers 15% of our monthly satellite costs. Please email lrn at lrn.fm and tell me how you use the satellite feed. Better yet, chip in at fund.lrn.fm. The costs aren't the issue. We can afford them, but why continue something not valued by the market? Want to help? You can join our satellite fundraiser for just $2 a month at fund.lrn.fm. If we raise enough to keep both channels on the air, awesome. If we raise more, I'll add more channels. If not, we can shut them down and go internet only. It's up to you. Thank you for your support. Fund.lrn.fm. Attention gardeners, if you need to grow nutritionally dense vegetables or medicinal herbs this year, listen, because a bioactive superfood for plants is now available. This all-natural superfood for plants is so effective at producing maximum plant growth in minimum time that it almost forces plants to grow, even under the worst light and soil conditions. It's called Proto-Grow, and it's truly remarkable. Vegetables grow faster and contain more bioavailable vitamins and trace minerals. Plants that rarely bloom will flower constantly. Sickly plants become vibrantly alive. Herbs become super potent. Flowers become more vivid right before your very eyes. Protogrow also improves the taste quality of all your garden vegetables. That's because it's more than just an all-natural superfood for plants. It's a proprietary blend of bioactive sea nutrients that contain the basic building blocks of life itself, which is why Protogrow even renews your garden by increasing the microorganisms in the soil. Learn more at growlikecrazy.com. That's growlikecrazy.com. Get special pricing for network listeners right now at growlikecrazy.com.